0: He's the, the owner, owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. wrestling. Some, Some would, would call, call him, him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him, we call him the host of the, of the show. show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. Now. You said now, dad. Now. Now. Right Now. <laughs> Yes, well, we're off of running. We're off <laughs> yeah, of we running. Yeah, we are. <laughs> You're usually out of breath when we run, Frank. No,
1: that's not true. Yes, <laughs> most definitely true. <laughs> maybe not, I'll, be- maybe uh, I'll boot you over here with my red wine. <laughs> Whoa, the pinky in the air, too. <laughs> <laughs> He's an aristocrat. <laughs>
0: yeah. oh, aristocrat. In the head time, man. <laughs> Our guest this week, Mr. Warren Thompson drinking the red wine. Look at you my friend. With the mullet and him. nailed it nailed it. You know that's the thing I, that was one of my questions too. I was gonna ask when and what was the inspiration for the mullet because in your earlier fights it wasn't there was no mullet.
1: No nah, man, I had the pretty girl, pretty boy high fade, you know whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I tell you what, it was COVID. <clears throat> I couldn't get a dang haircut, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start a mullet. And I was always growing up. I was a huge Rick Rude fan, Jake the Snake. <laughs> yeah, so I was nice. like, I'm growing yeah. this mullet. And Hell sure yeah. enough, my wife, man, we met this uh, last year. She's a huge fan. She used to have a Billy Ray Cyrus poster up and Rick Rude on her wall. When she was oh, a Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Sweet. Uh, so you're the man of her dreams.
0: dreams. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Perfect. All right, Not everybody can pull off the mullet, man. I gotta be honest. Not everybody can do it.
1: Right. I got got curly hair. You know, I got, and it's a mess today, but naturally curly hair, but he's like, you perm your hair? I was like, hell no, I don't perm my hair. It's all natural.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's definitely a different look, man. Definitely a different look. When I first uh, went back and watched some of your older fights, I was like, is is that the same guy? I thought the same thing. I'm like, is that the same guy? That kid's the same guy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you the other thing that's, that's misleading, and I don't know how many um, how many weight classes you fought it, but, man, the, between yeah. some of those fights, I'm like, God, it, I, he looks like he's 50, 60 pounds heavier.
1: It, it is truth. Um, my heaviest I've fought, I believe, is just under 250, 240s. Um, the lightest I've fought, believe it or not, I made a catch weight of 178 pounds. And pure misery had to have four IVs to walk, couldn't pass the medicals, were paying off doctors to pass the medicals, blood okay. pressure everywhere, uh, it was vitals everywhere, it was crazy. All right,
0: I just watched a fight. Um, from it was uh, it was MMA, and it was um, I believe it was MMA, you guys were both in tie shorts, but it was uh, uh what's his name? Um, could you?
1: Oh, Chidi Nojikawani. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. And you looked like if you guys were, if somebody said, yeah, they're fighting 170, I'd have been like, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that fight was 185. Okay. Um, It was right before Chidi went to 170. So not too far off. Right. And uh, so that one, (laughs) funny enough, listen to this weight cut story. I'm coming down from about 208, 210 to make that weight. I get, you know, we do your water load. George Lockhart did all my water loads, stuff like that. Worked with Connor, Tyson Fury. He's a good friend of mine. I helped him with Muay Thai. He helped me with my water cuts. And I'm doing my water cut. Everything's working great. We get to the sauna. And normally I'll do this before we start doing the alcohol bath stuff. I get in the sauna and I put my suit on. And right away, I jumped in for 20 minutes. instead of easing in 10 then out packing towels. Yeah. I came out at 20. I had eight pounds to cut. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be easy. So I go to pee, try to force myself to pee. I wake up on the floor. I hit my head on the urinal and had a cut from here to here. And I'm laying in my piss. And so, get on the scale, I had seven pounds to cut. My friend drugged me in that sauna, closed the door and wouldn't let me out. I made weight, superglued my eye, and I fought and won that fight.
2: Wow! Wow! Wow. Uh, i got back
0: to the states and found out you got an infection from (laughs) your own laying in your own
1: piss right so the big thing with that one is is he's an amazing striker too everybody's like oh, these two guys are going to strike but i knew i had the strength advantage and the size advantage so i just took him down right away because i knew if he opened my eye up they'd stop it because it was in the corner of my eye my eyelid was cut so i was like i gotta get him fast so that's why i wrestled him so quickly it didn't go real long no like 60 seconds or so yeah i just jumped yeah. on him real quick surprised him that i was wanting to wrestle you know but that's yeah. mma you got to be well-rounded
0: yeah 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 it's interesting that you even uh you bring that up because uh this uh, this past weekend the weekend before kevin holland and um wonder boy that fight um i i watched today ufc does those um those little shorts um for the fights i forgot what they're called but anyway i watched one today where you're seeing the corner at the same time unleashed
1: yeah, you've seen unleashed the... or something like that it's
0: it's one yeah. of those uh where they do a little like docu series yeah. a two part series of the fight and um his corner uh Holland's corner was calling for him to wrestle wonder boy a few times and like yeah. they kind of had that agreement and whatnot. Um, but so it just, it brings up an interesting, um, kind of conundrum there where it's like, okay, well, is the honorable thing if you're saying yeah. that you're going to do stand it? but I mean, at the end of the day, it is, it's, it's MMA. So
1: it's within the rules. Right. Um, For sure. It's and how uh, it's, was it
0: dishonorable or cheating if it's not illegal?
1: Right. I, I'll like, be honest. I left MMA for the reason of I have a bad back, knees. And I was like, at the same time, I got an offer from Glory and an offer from Bellator. I took the Glory offer, even though I was behind the eight ball and kickboxing a little bit, getting some experience. I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather do the striking. It was just more fun to me.
2: Yeah.
1: And I had a huge win over Brian Dows, who had beat Rico Verhoeven. He was a Dutch fighter with the 80-90 fight. Sure. I beat him in Thailand. Yeah. And when I won that, I got a Glory contract right away. I wasn't ready for it, man. Right. Uh, It took me, I had to learn the hard way with them. I came back, retired, came back, won some regional stuff. And I just recently, the past two years, came out of retirement and had this good run I've had. Uh, Sure. Man, it's a steep learning curve in kickboxing when you're facing these guys with 80 and 100 fights that have done it since they're eight years old. Yeah, yeah. And
0: well, so uh, my understanding of glory, too, is that it's, it's, there's a difference between like glory kickboxing and, and Muay Thai the way that you would, you know, what Muay Thai is in in Thailand. And it's, um,
1: I don't know how much of it's governed
0: by the rules, but like, um, isn't it in glory, correct me if I'm wrong, Warren, but like uh, on a clinch and whatnot, they're not going to let you work (laughs) as much in that clinch under the glory rule set.
1: Correct. They don't even want to have to break you. So okay. if you are if you engage you need to have one strike and break yourselves. They're in the pre-fight meetings like, hey, we if we have to break you more, you know, time, they don't want to have to say keep saying break, break, break. Right. They want you to break yourselves and keep striking because it's three rounds they want fast-paced action. Okay. Um, I ran into some problems which is good for me getting fights with them. I was very forward and aggressive. Bad okay. in the fact of you walking a lot of hard shots, a fresh you're bringing the fight to guys. Right. So but the good thing we'll say about glory, no matter if you won or lost, if you brought the fight and fought exciting, they brought you back. Yeah. Uh, it's not in kickboxing. I mean, you're going to lose some fights. Even the real good ones are losing fights because of, of the way course. the fights are. It's yeah. not about strategy like boxing or sticking and moving, using footwork. They want you engaging, you know, yeah. for those three rounds. Yeah, But it's yeah. different. It's exciting stuff, though. It's an. Ex- I don't know why it didn't kick off in the U.S. I really don't. I don't get, I don't get it either. I'm,
0: I've been – <laughs> I've been doing martial arts since I was a kid and I uh, I have seen kickboxing come and go in the states and just not catch and I there can't are. understand why and then when you look at it so like you, you say the uh, Adesanya-Pereira fight now everybody knew going into it same as like the uh, Wonderboy and Holland fight like I knew they're going to stand up and kickbox. It's basically a kickboxing fight. There will be no uh, jiu-jitsu or wrestling. Very However, right. the American fans, they don't want to see you wrestle. Yeah. But they want to know that you can wrestle. <laughs> that they want to know the options there. Right. Then they'll watch you kickbox.
1: It's very odd, man. It's and so he, odd. This is the cool guy. Me and him fought on the same card in Glory LA. He fought Jason Willness. Who he was lost that? For the title, uh, Izzy Adesanya. Oh, okay, very yeah. good guy. I, you know, Pereira, I never met Alex when he was there, but I, I, you know, I fought on the same card as Izzy. I fought Mike Lemaire when he fought, um, uh, Jason Willness from Holland. Yes, uh, and that was a great yeah, fight. Um, yeah, but knows. it's uh, yeah, he's good people, man, and he's a he's a he is actually a good guy. The thing is that people don't understand at an elite level how much people bug you and stuff like that, and he'll say some yeah. funny stuff. But he was the first to sign an autograph for anybody, to take time for anybody all the time. I- Izzy's a, a great person. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I, I will go as far as to say from, from my little bit of time within the, any of the entertainment industries, like, people get judged on interactions, and it's like, you don't know what, like, that person may is, have literally yeah. been late for the flight and may have ignored you to not be a dickhead because they have to run past you. And, Valid and you just point. don't know. Valid but it point. Only, only takes one of
1: those and mm-hmm. then, you know. You only get the, you know, generally, and generally speaking, uh, you're only getting the news from the one bad time, not the thousand good oh, ones. Right. You know? There you go. Yeah. Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. Totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> um. So, I guess because um, we've kind of been, been jumping around here on it let's uh, let's kind of rewind a little bit and and um, let's take it back Warren what what got you did did you know you wanted uh, to get into combat sports from the go or did you kind of stumble into it this is the this funniest was... thing
1: uh, I feel. And truthfully, feel like martial arts, combat sports, it's given me my life. It's saved my life. It's my true love, um, and it's been a lot of obstacles. I had to. I got a title, a major title at 36 years old. It didn't come easy to me. I started at 18. Uh, I was a very badly bullied kid. No friends. Not popular. Struggled up through high school even, and finally, I started to get athletic about high school time. And it was a little too late for me to transition that into football or anything else. Oh, sure. I walked into a gym at 18, 19 years old, got beat up by Rafael Sansao and some of his brothers uh, at the local gym here in Atlanta. And they were, you know, transitioned. They are about to be in the UFC, all of them. And I'm like, man, I just got beat up by a 150-pound guy. And uh, I just I stuck with it. As soon as that happened, I found, like, that was my niche.
0: How then, big were you then, Warren? Like, how
1: naturally What do you? 215 ish what i was okay. then yeah so no, i was a decent sized kid you know um okay. you know somewhere in there lifting weights 215 ish you know 6'2 yeah. 215
2: yeah. Um,
1: yeah yeah and uh i just stuck with it from then on i did a grappling tournament first i got second in that um and uh i was like you know i told my mom i was in college to do criminal justice i was two a year and a half in and uh i told her i said hey i want to do this fighting stuff she said son you need to stay in school and get a job. Four years later, I called her from the Palace Station hotel room. I was sitting at 5-0, and oh, just beat cheaty. Dana White was putting me on the Ultimate Fighter Season 11, but I had to fight Kyle Noak to get in the house. I said, Mama, I said, I guess you were wrong about that shit. I said, uh, this is what I'm <laughs> supposed to do. And I've supported myself solely off of fighting personal security connections from fighting all my skill set since then. Uh, sure. You know, since then. So, it's been a blessing. It really has. Any connection I've ever had, oh, yeah. anybody I've ever met, Madison Square Garden, Sears Center Arena I fought in China, Thailand, all that is just because of fighting, you know? Sure. Yeah. It's given me life. It really has. You know, and nobody thought I could do it. Not a damn person, if you'd asked them at Warren Thompson at 10 years old, could have been where I'm at. Nobody. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a beautiful story, man, because I, I think – too many times, um, and we all have a little bit of this in us where we, we, it's hard not to listen. You know, you hear enough of the negative and enough of the, oh, well, that's not, that's for other people. And, and yeah. especially for kids, um, you know, that's a difficult thing to learn how to brush off.
1: I so, ask, and I tell this to every client, I said, that person you admire so much, why are you putting them on a pedestal? I said I respect everybody. If somebody's rich, famous, did something in sports, I respect that man. I'm not one to go up and ask for autographs. I'll shake a hand. Nice to meet you. I yes, respect sir. everyone, but I'm not putting anyone on a pedestal because he's just a man. Yeah. Uh, why ask? Why not me? You know, you can. Everybody can do more than they think they can. They sure. put limits on themselves. It's yeah, just it's nature of the, nature of society. You know, yeah. live like a fucking squirrel, not a wolf.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, so you're you're in college and you start the. Fight. Was there any thought of like, you know, maybe I do some uh, wrestling in college or anything because that will obviously lend itself to fighting. In some Correct. Capacity. So
1: when I well, what I ended up doing. What
0: year was this one?
1: Two thousand, probably two thousand six or seven. That I'm in college. That you okay. know, this is starting to kick off for me. And okay. it did. So what I did to try to catch up that gap, I was like, man, I should have wrestled in high school. What was I thinking? Um, I got a community wow. coaches license uh, in the state, so I could be around kids. And I went to the local high school and I joined their team basically as a my Holy wrestling shit. coach at the gym. Let me wrestle all the kids. So right. I'm in here at 24 years old wrestling high school kids yeah. for a whole year oh, wow. and just practicing. Yeah. And it helped me a ton. I did one year that still didn't catch me up to where I needed to be, but it sure. helped a ton, you know?
0: Yeah. But I mean, I've heard other people and, and it sounds like a crazy um, sort of logic, but I've heard other other people. I think Jail Sonnen's the first guy I heard say uh, something along those lines of like, if you are late to the wrestling game and, and you're getting into MMA and whatever, and you want to bridge that gap, like go find a high school team and as weird as it sounds, like yeah, you, you're gonna get beat up by some teenagers.
1: Yeah, you really, because you're yeah. you gonna think I do stuff like I'd lock my hands. I'm like, you can't do that. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. you know, they're you're you're learning literally yes. the scrambling, the positioning. It's a big yeah. change, like yeah. stuff i would never seen or was used to. So sure. it, it it helped me phenomenally. It wasn't enough to where Like I said, I was behind the eight ball. That's what ran me out of MMA was I started facing better wrestlers. And guys started watching film like, ah, okay, we can beat him here and here. They started focusing on that. In the Ultimate Fighter, 23 stitches, Kyle Noak said, he's like, bro, me and you both train with Brian Stan. He's like, I knew your your weakness was the wrestling. So I just kept taking you down, elbows, ground and pound. You played it smart. Yeah.
0: All right. So – I guess then next place to go, Frank, correct me if I'm wrong, but what, why don't we go then? Uh, how did the ultimate fighter, um, how do we get from there to the ultimate fighter? How does that work itself out?
1: Here, Here's the thing in that uh, I, I'm a fighter's fighter. Like literally I fight every day. If that's in the gym, like I'm, I'm one of my main training partners used to be Brian Stan and he would, UFC Unleashed would come there to do the videos and he's like, well, I know I have to fight Warren today because if the cameras are here, he's going to fight me. And every single – Frank Meir, everybody, Todd Duffy, everybody ever visited and worked with in the gym, they respected me, and they would give me a good word like, man, that kid, he comes yeah. for it. And yeah. that's how I managed myself most of my career off of okay. other guys saying, hey, Warren will show up and fight that guy. He'll fight everybody. And uh, he's in shape. He'll fight hard. That's exactly what led me to the ultimate fire. Uh, Rory Singer and Brian Stan both are like, Go try it. We'll put in a good word. I got there. Oh, cool. I hit ha- held pads for one guy, Ong Sung uh, Lee, who's in one championship. Dana got to me, him and Uri. He said, Warren, you can strike. We don't got to watch you hit. You know, it's like oh. it, 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 that part. I just had to grapple. I submitted a guy with a triangle, and I was on the show. Uh, cool. I just lost. Yeah. That year, you had to fight to get in the house, and Noke beat the piss out of me. Worst yeah. I've ever been beat up. Yeah. But I will take a second here. I got to tell this story. Glad right. Chuck yeah. and Tito were the coaches Stages that year.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Chuck was not really super nice to me, but he looked pretty out of it that day. Maybe on, so I don't know. But Tito catches a lot of shit in the public eye. Yeah. It was a Sunday night, and I got cut so bad I had twenty three stitches. We're in a bathroom waiting for the plastic surgeon. Everybody shit. else was home. <laughs> we're at the fighter's place, and he's sitting there with me for two hours, and he's just talking to a down and out twenty three year old kid yeah. that who took his first loss ever. I was 5-0 and in that pro. And uh, he sat there and talked with me for a couple hours. I have not seen him since, haven't talked to him since. And that made such an impact on my life to not sure. give up. Like, yeah. and I, you know, it, when people all the time like, oh, his attitude, this and the other, he literally did not have to sit there with me and sit there with uh. me and talk to me for a couple hours so that guy got there. And it's just that had such an impact on me, you know. Yeah. I hope one day he sees something like that and he's like, damn it, you know, like if he sure. remembers it. But it was amazing yeah. to me.
0: Well, that's really cool, and that that's, too, I think one of those, um, it, it's kind of confirmation that, like, you hear stories, you hear different things, but, like, it's always best to kind of judge people on how they treat you, like, that's if you have a one-on-one interaction with somebody, um, because, again, like we said before, you don't know what their day is, you don't know what they're going through, you don't know what their wife said to them, what their, you know, their father just died, you just don't know.
1: Right. Exactly. And and like I said, even with like Chuck that day, he wasn't, but he could have had a head out. Who knows? You know what I mean? Uh, But fighting has taught me so much about people, so much about playing the game of life, so much about respect, you know, integrity. Uh, It's been such a life changing thing for me. I wish every kid or everybody in this world. Would go into a fight gym and train a year. They would be a lot more respectful. They wouldn't cut in line at the gas station. They would, you know, they would hold a door. They would say thank you for holding a door. It's yeah. just so, respect is lost in the world, and uh, really I feel is. combat sports really gives that to people. You
0: know? Yeah, I think <laughs> Frank and I uh, we've talked about this before uh, <laughs> online and uh, in the in the uh, perceived safety of someone's vehicle is where people will just they will let you have it. They will give you their full opinion on everything and not worry about a damn thing. But like if you know if you show up at their door, they're probably get to change their team. Oh, yeah.
1: But I mean Bob, you probably get it worse than I do. You have a bigger uh, following but I, I had to turn off that. my I had to turn <laughs> off my timeline on uh, my Facebook. People were trying to write happy birthday on there like look guys I had to cut it off because people write the craziest <sighs> shit on there. I um, hear you. And on Instagram, I made a video me hitting a little flipper pad to a David Goggin. It's a little flipper pad. I'll have to show you the video. Yeah. And my, my wife has never held a pad before in her life. We're out on a Sunday with my daughter, videoing it. We're playing around. Yeah. And people are on there judging me like you can't fight this guy sucks. All of a sudden, I'm like, what? The? It, I'm messing around. we're playing touch button in the park. This you know my family? family. Yeah, with a Nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I there was I wrote I
0: was pressure washing. <sighs> back patio the other day and um, I wrote I love my wife in it and people got on there and downed my wrestling <laughs> it was like, I just said I love my wife
1: dude people are odd they're they odd really people are. but yeah. I, I said uh, something similar happened on Facebook a guy said something and I told him I said hey I sleep well at night knowing for a fact You'd never say any of the stuff you just said to me. Yeah, you know, if we met that. in person and I left yeah. it in that. You know? Well,
0: and furthermore, the, the mm-hmm. thing is too, Warren, is it's like your wife, I'm sure, feels like, okay, my husband can protect me. I feel safe. I like like women want to feel the, the feminine wants to feel secure and safe. And mm-hmm. like that guy, who knows? Maybe he has a wife. Maybe he lives in his mother's basement. Who uh, yep. truly knows? But at the end of he the day, like, I'm pretty sure whatever the situation is, you know, nobody <laughs> feels safe and secure in his presence. Where, like, I'm sure your wife feels like, all right, something goes down, my man's got it. Like,
1: right. And an alpha, okay. an alpha doesn't have to yell and scream and put down others to you yeah. know to be an alpha. You're, you're going out to a restaurant. You speak nice to the waitress. You know, you you. You hold a door open, you pull a chair out, stuff like that. It's uh, men this day and age. It's a very odd times we live in. It's very yes. odd. Time.
0: Yes. I'll tell you. <laughs> so if you get a chance, give a listen to, uh, there's a guy by the name of Sean Whalen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Sean. Exactly. He's actually was at, um, a BKFC event not too long ago. His company is called, uh, Lions Not Sheep. Oh, um, but, yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Sean's got, uh, he's got two or three different podcasts, but one of them I listened to with him and his wife and, uh, he talks about, uh, similar stuff about, about that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the truth. It's just, um, being a man today is just different than it was. Like, I'll say, you know, like my father's generation, my father was a, a, a fireman, he was a police officer before that. And before that he was a Marine who fought in Korea,
1: you know, man's man. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Man's man. Like I don't, I'm nowhere near, you know, when my dad was, he was, uh, fighting in the war, I think he had just turned 17, um, when he enlisted. So at most 18 and, and he's there doing what they're doing. And, I was still, you know, scared about going out into the you know senior lounge and ended up getting in a fist fight. <laughs> you know? So it's like it's just a different
1: perception of man, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And
0: today it's even worse.
1: It really is. It's a, and it's like one of those things. I was uh, talking about how to my wife of how addicted I am to my cell phone, and I don't like it. I love yeah. the connections it gives me. You know, like here meeting you even. But at the same time, it's like, I guess, 50 years ago, people were addicted to a newspaper. You see those old ads where they're, like, all riding on the subway. Um, It's, it's. But I don't know. That's my next thing is trying to – and I use it for my business so much because I do personal security. I write workouts for people. I uh, have the Fight League going. I matchmake my own Fight League. I'm a co-owner of that. So I'm constantly texting and talking to people all day long. I'm so accessible that I forget to stop and enjoy the day and, like, live life with my family or who's in front of me. You know? yeah yeah
0: there's something to be said for and, and uh, I did not I was not aware of any of this until a, a few years ago and that there's times I need to be reminded of it because I forget about it now but like presence
2: mm-hmm. my
0: understanding of the word presence today is uh, night and day difference from what it was three four years ago like, just being present in the moment like having this conversation right now like, on here with two of my friends and with you, Warren, that I just met, and hearing these interesting things, like, I'm, I, I sometimes I'll take a second and remind myself, like, enjoy this. Just don't no. worry about, you know, where I'm going in two days or the mistake I made yesterday, because none of that shit matters.
1: No. My wife tells me that all the time. She's like, uh, like you know, I'll be, we'll be talking or doing something. She's like, did you even hear what that person said or they did? She was like, you're just not, you're here. She's like, you're not present right now. I'm like, ah, yeah. I was sending this email to a fighter backed out. So I'm trying to get this other fighter in. She's yeah. like, does that have to be done right this second? And I, yeah. it's like, no, it doesn't. I just, I'm hard on myself because I'm a go-getter. I don't like to procrastinate anything. If a problem happens, I'm a solution finder. So if I put a problem off, I'm constantly in my head about it. So, but she's totally right. Like, I mean, you have to take time to, you know, life is short, you know, it really is. And I know we're getting in deep right here, but (laughs) life is short, spend the time with your loved ones, man. It's, it's the most important thing.
0: Yeah. I, well, I will say this, I think it's the spending the time with your loved ones, but like being, and this is something I didn't do for many, many years. I did this with my, my own two daughters. Um, and I, and I regret it but like I was on the come up in my profession and uh, you know I had so much time with them where I was there and we were at the park or we were at this thing or we were at that thing and here I'm thinking of you know the match I have in three days in the Tokyo Dome in Japan and, yep. you know the promo I got to cut to kind of you know lead into that what I'm gonna say, and you know, meanwhile I I missed, you know, I, I missed some of like my daughters being nine and ten, and being yeah. you know, because that only happens
1: once. I've been you, and uh, I was lucky yeah. enough. I my kids as babies at six weeks, my ex-wife handed me my babies and said, "Hey, you're in the gym all day. You don't work. Uh, take them with you." You know, we didn't pay for daycare, so my kids were raised with me and my buddies. Right there, sparring <laughs> with us, yeah. On the mat, we're kicking the shit out of each other. Oh, that's my awesome. buddy's like, "Hey, she needs a bottle, I'm like, Give it to her." You know. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it was fun, but at the same time, I do regret. Sometimes uh, you're right. Like I'm, I'm worried about my training, or which had to be done to an extent, but it, uh, it happened so fast. And and then I'm thinking about the fight in two weeks. So you have all this free time when you're a professional athlete, but you yeah. don't. You do, but you don't. You do, but uh, you don't. You yeah. do what you don't, and that's what people don't understand because it's the stress of doing that in front of somebody. You want to be at your best. You know, It's a, yeah. uh, it can – yeah, okay, I didn't work any this month, but at the yeah. same time, every single day, every waking hour is awake. I was scared for my freaking life, you yeah. know? There's so I,
0: it's interesting that you say that because obviously you've had way you, – you yeah. fought way more than I have. But So uh, in the few fights that I have done, the one pressure that I've felt – The same in every single one of them is in the lead up, in the preparation. Once I had a date, um, I felt like any time I spent doing something that wasn't preparing for the fight, there was a little bit of doubt and a little Mm -hmm. bit of guilt.
1: You have the devil and the angel.
0: Yeah. 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 Like, I don't know. uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe getting one more round of sparring in would have been the better thing. You know, and, and, but because I wasn't feeling good that day, you know, uh, I might need a rest day. And it's like, I don't know. There, it's just that that push-pull.
1: It is. It is. What really led me – I still get scared. There's a picture of me right before my title fight in July, and I'm sitting backstage. And the funny thing is, I'm surprised this even – we got lucky the fight went on. I got COVID that day, so I'm oh. getting sick. My <laughs> chest is hurting. My throat's hurting. I'm like, man, am I got anxiety and from the flight? So we're about to go out, and I hit the fire alarm. The damn fire alarm's going off in Hard Rock, the building. We're trying to fix that. I'm like, I promise I didn't mean to pull it. I want to fight. So I'm sitting back there, and my head's down. Somebody took a picture of me, and I was able to, when I came out of retirement the past four fights, I beat Cody East out of the UFC. Uh, I lost to Stephen Walker for a title fight. He's undefeated. I beat Art Parker in the BKFC, and then I uh, beat Hassan Ossini from Canada uh, for the title. When I did that, every time I'd put myself in position, I'd say this is where I'd be present. This is where I want to be. This man is coming after my dream. If I lose, this is it. He's coming after my children. This is how I feed my children. And I was able to overcome that. Before, I remember going out to fights, and I'd be thinking, man, I'm about to make this money, but I'd rather be sitting at home watching TV, playing my video games. Like When it's fun, it's fine. But when the pressure's on, I didn't want to do it as much. Yeah. I found what I needed to find to mentally get to the place to really yeah. perform my best and that hard took 40 man. fights it was yeah. so much for me to get there
0: yeah yeah well i mean i the, you know when you hear it said all the time it's uh for some people the biggest obstacle is the no. mental no. part of it um what one of the interesting things that i've found with uh because i had was an athlete as a kid growing up and did martial arts played football like lots and lots of contact sports Um, and then I got, I, I get, I spent 20 years in pro wrestling and and I remember in the beginning feeling like they were similar. Um, and what I've realized now, uh, is the anxiety I feel when it comes to pro wrestling is it's not the same because it's not necessarily competition. Mm -hmm. It's performance but it's performance where you're required. I know through repetition that I'm going to be asked to spin six or seven plates at a time and then have three more added on top of that. And then the top rope breaks or the referee takes a bump and can't finish the match or something. And now I'm spinning, you know, three additional plates. I wasn't expecting them. So that's the anxiety I feel when it comes to pro wrestling, the, what I was missing from the competition anxiety was knowing that going into the event, I have one focus, one purpose. It is to beat you. It is to hurt you. It is to whatever that may be, whether that be kickboxing or football or whatever, like I got to stop you. You're going to try to stop me. Pro wrestling is, is different in that way. And I, and I think the last, you know, five, six years that I've been doing it, though that difference has been way more bright to me, way, way more glaring. And so like the boxing fight I did in Dubai, um, that I, I was in between companies for the first time in a long time. And, uh, that was really the itch I was feeling like needed to be scratched. Like I just wanted to compete where I didn't have to worry about anything else other than I'm going to go out and try to punch your face and then you're going to try to punch mine.
1: We're all competition. It's primal. It's in yeah. it. In. Yeah.
0: And that's what I was going to say was there is just something simple about it, but primal is even, even a better uh, description of it. It, it just, it's single minded purpose. I tell people this all the time
1: when you, when you fight, it's good. But when you win a fight, and until people do it, uh, it's, uh, you know, any drug you ever take, sex or sexual relations, anything doesn't touch that feeling. Yeah. And uh, it's such a strong feeling. If any man experienced it, you would want it again. Uh, it's just, uh, and when you have that, your hand raised, you've worked so hard for something and you experience that, then you understand. Because people ask me all the time, how do you fight or why do you fight? And how do you do that? That doesn't hurt. I'm like, how do you not do it? It's just you haven't experienced that feeling yet or you would. You wouldn't ask me that question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. So, all the fights. How many do you you know how many professional fights you've had uh, crossing leagues, different disciplines, whether it be MMA, uh, bare knuckle.
1: Oh, like 36-ish. 36-ish. I've done... I was yeah, about 36 ballpark. Um okay. I uh my I'm big on I've been in some gym wars, man. I probably yeah. could have fought. I'm 37 and I'm thinking about getting out of the game just because my fire is I won that title that I wanted, that Muay Thai title. I chased that for 18 years. Was that lion fight? Lion fight, correct. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes. Sir. I just I I now and for USA a lion fight for any heavyweights, that's the biggest probably tie title you could get. I really now at this point because I'm not going back to MMA. I want to get paid in either boxing or bare knuckle, and, and if that doesn't happen, this sounds crazy, but uh the local we the Cherokee County where I live here in Georgia, which is outside of Atlanta, they started a semi-pro league. One of the guys, the coaches hit me up and said, "Hey, you want to play? We think we can use you." Here I am going to play football, you know, <laughs> 18 years after I've been done with it, for the simple fact of competition. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Are you stupid?" You know, I'm like, I'm trying to start a couple of businesses with my wife, start the fight league. I'm promoting fights now. But for some reason that draws me. And I know you probably understand that. Yeah, better than anybody. Yeah.
0: I do. I you know, um, I don't have <laughs> when I was forty six, so it wasn't like I was looking at this fight in goodbye and was like, Well, that'll be the kickoff to my new career. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I you know, it's a two fight deal, so I will fight again. Um I would like I would much prefer to do kickboxing. The only reason I did uh, boxing was because it was the Mayweather undercard, and you
1: know, pay, the pay, yeah, money yeah.
0: talks, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, that, like you had said before, there's something primal about it, and uh, there's just something in our DNA where it scratches an itch that doesn't get scratched in any other
1: well, way. So, no other way, and and. Yeah. I know we're talking some uh, the fighters on here, or anybody that stepped in the ring before they understand what we're talking about. Um, but it's like, everybody else is like, I wish they could just experience it once because I have so much respect for somebody that can just walk in there. Even if it's just one time, and even if you lose, it's not about the performance. It's about facing your fears and doing that for yourself. Something that nobody thinks you could do. They think it's crazy, but there's something about a man that wants to go to war, you know? And once yeah. you do it, you understand.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I think that that's something uh, I'll say within our DNA, that even at a young age, like that fight or flight sort of thing. um, And like I started martial arts really young and and it wasn't necessarily to fight, but once you do something for a little while and if you're, whether you're good at it or not good at it, I I don't, I don't know if it makes a difference, but I think at some point you do kind of want to go like, okay, well, does, one, does this shit work?
2: <laughs> <And> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two,
0: I think it was like, you want to know. Um, Were
2: you saying human? Yeah, there's yeah.
0: something human about, I want to know if I get punched in the face, am I looking for the exit door or yeah. am I looking to get that one back and then yeah. add one on top of it? Like, exactly. what's my reaction? And I, I think that that's something that every man um, at some point in their life, Wants to know the answer to. Uh,
1: where now? Speaking of of training or whatever, when you do you, now the kickboxing, you do like American style kickboxing or Muay Thai? Where did you start? So
0: what? The, I fought uh, amateur three times. Um, that got this is going back ten years ago, um, and they were modified rules. Uh, UFC was kind of. What was definitely um, it was the Ultimate Fighter and stuff had come out so it was already taken off but um, New York State wasn't because that's where I'm from is upstate mm-hmm. New York. They had not um, legalized things yet so like there were it was kind of MMA-ish but not and it more mod-
1: modified rules
0: yeah. yeah so like you could clinch and you could toss somebody uh, or trip but once no it went to the pound. floor, there, yeah, there was no grappling from the floor or whatever. So I yeah. don't know what to really
2: consider.
0: It. <laughs> I'll a call blend. it kickboxing, yeah. <laughs> I call it kickboxing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I fought one time. It sounds kind of like this in China. I got there. I was supposed to fight kickboxing, and they're like, it, and nobody spoke English. And they're like, hey, you're fighting sand show. The translator told me sand show. I was like, what the hell, sand show? And they're like, well, it's kind of like kickboxing. I'm like, okay, so we start <laughs> kicking. Like- yeah, I need I grabbed the guy by the head and knee him in the head. The refs yelling at me in Chinese. He's like pointing to the head and the hands. I'm like looking at the corner. I'm like, the translator, like, what is he saying? He said, You can't grab him and knee him in the head. I'm like, what are we doing? And so <laughs> he took me down like three name. times. He wrestled me, did a double leg. Really? And then I'm in between rounds. Yeah. And I'm like, is that, but you that? clinch?
0: But you could double. Head.
1: Yeah, he grabbed my uh-huh. leg and chased me across the ring and dumped me. And apparently, wow. in Sand's show, you can do all that. It's like kickboxing with takedowns.
0: Yeah. And are, are they wearing boxing gloves?
1: hmm Full boxing gloves. This guy ended up signing mm-hmm. with Glory too. Uh, the guy I fought. Huh. Um, it was an incredible experience. I actually I beat him up pretty good with the hands and kicks. He just took me down yeah. a lot. So at the end, they gave it was in China. gave him the decision, split decision. He's crying backstage. I don't know why. I'm just sitting over there taking off my gloves. And uh, the translator comes over and say, he he congratulates you. You beat him. He wants a rematch. I'm like. I didn't beat him. They gave it. they raised his hand. He's like, no, he's afraid he uh, uh, just uh, embarrassed his family. They're going to lose their money, all this stuff. Apparently, government Jesus officials, are there, they pay them. Yeah,
0: so he was so scared.
1: There. He was terrified, man, crying like a, a child wow. that he did not perform wow. well. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was incredible. I mean, just so yeah. different, so different, you know.
0: Yeah whole difference of circumstances.
1: Yeah, and it was like, man, I was like, it was a good fight. He fought well, you know, and sure. you just didn't like his performance, you know. Hmm. But crazy times, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'll say even even in this country, like before um, recent years with the UFC, where like the rule set is established and known like on the come up when it came to um, <laughs> Like I can relate when it comes to uh, independent pro wrestling, it's kind of the wild, wild west. But when it came to like MMA, kickboxing, combat sports, it's even more of the wild, wild west um, when it comes to like independent promotions and what's legal and what's not legal. And like I know, uh, so the amateur fights I did in upstate New York, nobody, uh, or there were very few people that had. Good clinch work. Mm -hmm. So, like, I saw in the end, and I don't know, Dennis and Frank, uh, Cage Wars is one of the bigger ones up there, right? I I don't know what those fights look like now, but I know that the first few, anybody who could clinch was winning, was dying. Not like that anymore. It's very, very... um... (laughs) professionally done sound like it used to be okay yeah because nobody knew nobody had an answer for clinch and so like you would see guys that were you know decent kickboxers but as soon as somebody got the plum on them they were trying to duck their head and get yeah, out yeah. of it yeah it
1: old school like, anderson silva when he yes. fought Franklin.
0: <laughs> Brutal, <Brewer. Yeah. laughs> right <Yeah. most laughs> next to his ear yeah yeah
1: Man, well, yeah. speaking of that, that same fight in China right before I went out, I went over by myself, but there was a couple Americans there too. And I remember the guy before me got knocked out real bad. And in China, you oh, just shit. you don't have to put galls, right? Like normally you have the galls, the tape is behind by uh, an inch. They just tape, straight to the tape. They want cuts. They want finishes under the boxing gloves. So no galls. Wow. And uh, he's knocked out. It's on TV there. So they don't take no time. They pull his ass out by his ankles throw him on this this uh, stretcher thing and bring him back there and lay him on the couch. And I'm warming up, looking at him. He's asleep. They're he cutting dead. his, uh, his oh, stuff his, his wrist. They slit this man's wrist. So at this time, I'm like, I'm terrified. I'm like, I'm over here. <laughs> by sure. They're killing this poor guy. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> this guy away. fought to the death. <laughs> yeah. He woke up and his wrist is bleeding. I, I mean, yeah. just a, a nick, but, you know, right. it was bleeding pretty good. But it right. was, uh, for a minute, it looked pretty bad. <laughs> shit Jeez. yeah drug him out by his ankles man didn't even wake him up drug him out of there it was like blood sport yeah
0: <laughs> i was gonna say that's like one of them bad
1: john club Dam movies yeah, I like, man i hope my check cashes is on the way back <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> i remember that too i had a hard check so i'm at customs and they're like what are you over there doing i was like i was on vacation like in Sha- <laughs> yeah i was not the shaolin temples i shoved my finger in a little hole in the trees you know <laughs> right I wrote this dragon statue that you're probably not supposed to sit on, but it was a good time. <laughs> uh,
0: so um, you end up then doing how many fights in uh, glory? I've is, fall- is that where the majority of your, your fights were?
1: No. So majority of – it's been a mix. So I okay. fought for Infusion. Legacy had kickboxing. When Mick Maynard had his show before he went to the UFC – I fought yeah. for Mitch a couple times. He fighted, fought, uh, made Legacy kickboxing on the back end of Legacy MMA. Okay. I fought for him a couple times. I fought for Glory five times. I fought for um, uh, Lion Fight a couple times. Uh, okay. Infusion yeah. in Thailand. Um, so Lion and, Fight
0: is where you were the heavyweight champ,
1: right? That's been the most recent. So Lion Fight okay. wouldn't sign me forever. I knew, I knew them for a long time. <clears throat> We've been right. friends, but where I was with Glory, they wouldn't sign me. Okay. It was just a conflict. So Logan well, to... would bring up
0: Lion Fight a lot because he was a fan of Lion Fight. and The fact that it was more traditional Muay Thai, less, um, I don't know, it, it's glory a little bit more similar to like the Netherlands style. Yeah, Dutch style. Um, yeah,
1: Dutch. And Lion Fight will let you fight five rounds versus that three rounds. Here's the problem. Five rounds does enable you to uh, kind of dictate and uh, put forward a strategy and wait for it to work you can set traps you can get the pace of the fight going and do what you need to do three rounds you're just going out and kind of bledgeoning each other and uh, it's just a different sport um yeah. and you you get if you hit right after it in the first round a guy can even be not as have as good of a strategy or good of a game plan as you but at 200 pounds plus somebody hits you hard it, you ain't even got a sweat going you're going out it's just nature yeah. of the beast so yeah. it's exciting stuff but at the same time i love being able to have the fight IQ, you know, to, right. Hey, this round one, we're moving round two. We're putting this in a C his tendencies. Now round three, we jump on him championship rounds. We're on his ass. Uh, it's just lion fight was just so much to me, a better fit for me. Okay. <clears throat> okay. No, that's
0: interesting because like the average person watching, they're definitely not going to be aware of that and what they're actually,
1: uh um, right. See if you look at my last two lion fight uh, videos, Cody East was dead even two to two. He had just got out of the UFC We he fought. Round five, I really took it to him, uh, and that was a championship round. And uh, then this last fight, I was up three to one. It went into the fifth, and we were both so tired, and I was sick. I was telling Coach, I was in the corner. I said, Coach, I've never felt like this. I may have a heart attack. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. He said, do you want to win? I said, yes, I want to win. He said, well, go take it from him. So I went out there, and I, I, I – beat the crap out of the guy that last round. I don't know how he stayed standing, but he was so tough. And I got done, and I got my belt. I was just so happy. I told my, my wife we weren't married yet, and we're sitting there, and I have a trash can in the hotel, and I'm puking in it. And I fell asleep setting up like this. And she's like, I'm calling an ambulance. I said, don't you call an ambulance. I said, I'd die happy if I die right now. I said, but do not call an ambulance. Like, And uh, it was just – that was literally, besides my kids being born, the best day of my life. And Because uh, I just accomplished something that was – The cards were a little bit stacked against me. Older, coming back, fighting a 30-year-old at 36, Um, being sick. It's just – it was just – and doing it with my coach's help. I hired Kelly Davis, who just – Philip Rowe fights out of Fusion, out of Orlando. He just won the UFC again, his same coach. He changed my style, footwork, good boxing. We really changed it up on these guys. And it's been – it was just such a blessing of a run. Well,
0: that's awesome. Um, I I feel like the – you know, the older I get, like there's something about progression that is so satisfying to the human spirit. Really. Um, is, and I, I don't know if you appreciate it as much when you're young because you're just go, go, go. And then you get a little bit older. And, and I found, I took such, um, enjoyment in this last fight camp. We were doing these, uh, airdyne bike sprints. And the first week that we did them, like I had a hard time getting through three, three minute rounds. Uh, We would do 20 seconds, hard, 10 seconds, easy, three, three minute rounds. And, um, and I could do them, but I felt like I was going to fucking die. And by the end of fight camp, like I was voluntarily doing up to nine rounds and enjoying watching uh, because we we knew we had a sixty second uh, break between rounds in the fight, so we were purposely only doing thirty seconds. And I could watch my heart rate, um, um the whoop band, come back down, we're back in range within yep. thirty seconds. Like mm-hmm. under thirty seconds, it was like holy shit!
1: You just, feel like a warrior, man. You do,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah man. I'm 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 happy. For you to confirm that for me, but that's just funny. Like, I've never really talked so about weird. this.
1: Yeah, that's I, I the agree. Thing
0: that I took such enjoyment out of was like <clears throat> I actually like I want to get an dine for my house now because I still do those. Yeah.
1: yeah, we used to do the same thing with uh, the C two rowers. Very uh, aerodynamic, oh, yeah. and yeah. then the C two row. Other days, I hate yeah. that thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got there's, one. There's of yeah. We call them Tabata sprints. Yep. Yes, I got one of them up there from uh, my
0: CrossFit days, the, the uh, rower. And I got a skier, but I don't have an air And my wife, they asked for one for Christmas, and she said, where the fuck are we going to put that? <laughs> so I don't <laughs> think Santa is bringing me one. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> <Not Santa. laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> uh, so uh, I watched... The, uh, you've only fought once BKFC, correct? Mm-hmm, correct. Okay. So watch that fight. Um, actually, let me rewind real quick. The lion fight um, fights that you had and the belt that you won, um, that was heavyweight. So where what were you weighing for those?
1: Uh, okay. So in the four fights since retirement, I've come back. I fought Cody East. I weighed mid-240s, low-240s, somewhere in there. Uh, He was about 260-something. And then I dropped to 207 to fight Stephen Walker, Lion Fight Super and Super Cruiser champion. I only did that because it was nine days out from the show, and because COVID, he had like eight opponents drop. And uh, they said, Warren, if you could cut that weight. I was 236. They said, if you could cut that weight, we'll pay you more money. We'll still give you your heavyweight title shot that you earned, but you would help us out a ton. I said, you know, you're asking me. Of course I'll do it. I did it. He beat me. He stayed undefeated. He's a great man, a great fighter. He taught me a lot. Sure. After that fight, we broke down some tape. He helped me fix some things. He said, your footwork, I was timing you, your steps, this, that, and the other. I went and fixed that for the BKFC fight. Uh-huh. Uh, I fought that fight at 231. And then my last fight, I think I had to I weighed in. We caught because he wanted to do a little lighter. So we're heavyweight. But we called it like 225 or something like that. Okay. If I remember right. So okay. anywhere from 225 to two, low 240s. Okay.
0: And then, um, so, you go to BKFC, um, watch that fight, uh, great fight. Thank you. Um, great fight. Uh, there's definitely, I <laughs> I want to say I saw a little bit of Ollie Shuffle a few times <laughs> out of you. So, you definitely corrected something in your footwork. That's um, Coach,
1: Coach Kelly right there. Yeah. Yeah. White Lightning, that's what he calls me in the gym. He's like, for a big man, you move pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. you're definitely athletic um, for, especially given your size. What are you, were you weighing for the BKFC? Uh, low 230s,
1: 231, 232, yeah. yeah.
0: And what are you today as we're two, sitting here talking? Two,
1: 246 this morning, but I'm bulking okay. up lifting again. I didn't lift two, weight for a year and a half.
0: Right, and this is yeah. for
1: football. Football, yeah. I want to be at 250 again, <laughs> 255. Yeah, I've been right. as heavy as 263 uh, when I was just retired from fighting, lifting weights. I grow very fast because I eat like right. a fat ass and yeah. lift weights, and I just, you know, yeah, it'll um, do it. Yeah, it'll it'll do it. Um, but <laughs> for fighting, I feel better when my car- you you've done it. Your cardio means a lot. So yeah, you know, if I can't move fast on my feet, <laughs> I'm too heavy. So I need to be yeah. under 235, 236 usually for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the, you know, the, man, the trade off for me is always uh, how much do I want to enjoy life and and how much, how strict do I want to be? Because so much of the weight stuff for pro wrestling, because it's performance, is aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it's cool to be lean and to look a certain way and blah, blah, blah. But then I, I get, I, well, so this is one of the things, too, is I get a ton of hate online at this point, which I'm 100% <laughs> okay with. Because, yeah. one, well, yeah, one, I mean, I've been doing this long enough to know that that's part of it. Two, um, you know, money's green either way, they, whether they pay to watch you win or watch you lose. <laughs> and then the third part of it is, frankly, when it comes to, uh, please, nothing against you, for Um, (laughs) frankly (laughs) um, (laughs) like with some of these people that are the trolls that are online and stuff you're not my fucking people anyway like we're not hanging out you, you know, you, the fat guy in the front row with the fucking black shirt on. No offense, Frank. You get a black shirt on. Get a black shirt on. But, like, who am I trying to impress with my fucking abs? Like, what the fuck do I care? Yeah. So sometimes I'm just like, you know, I just want to enjoy my life and, you know, have dinner with my wife and have a drink and, you know, be, like, so much of the aesthetic Part of it gets to me with pro wrestling a little bit because it's like honestly when I'm at my leanest and you can I'm sure relate to this too like when you look your best is not necessarily when you are at your best level of performance like being shredded and ripped is not healthy like what bodybuilders used to do they were on death's door when they sucked all the water out of the muscles and like they was not healthy
1: living. Um, yeah. Me and OSP were talking about this a few years ago. He used to drive down and spar with me for camps a lot. And he was like, Man, you cut to 85. He said, You walk so big. And I was like, Yeah. I was like, It does suck. And I was like, Then my body fat, I get real lean. I look good. My abs are killer. But I was like, I feel like yeah. shit. And we were talking about being under 10% body fat. I can tell literally when I get under that number, it's like I feel like ass. You know, yeah. I just feel yeah. so bad. And he he yeah. said the same thing. He's like, i realized the same thing around 10%, 10 and a half, feel great. I'm performing great. Get below. And you look pretty good. Get below that. Oh, okay. Everything's popping. Muscles are granite. Feel like crap, you know?
0: Yeah. Everything's popping. So i got a friend in, uh, in pro wrestling who's really dialed into his diet and stuff. And and he's been um, up and down, but he always stays relatively lean, but same sort of thing. He had gotten to a point where he was obscenely lean and it you know, it just becomes a mental thing and, and enough was just never enough. And then he was getting so such low body fat that he wasn't able to really go out and perform. Um, and then at like the height of his run uh, at one point in NXT, he, he was asked to do like a 30, 35 minute match, which, you know, one thing when you're going on stage and you're posing at that you're asked to go out there and perform athletically. At uh, he came back from the match mm-hmm. almost in like a shock mm-hmm. sort of state, um, and his body was shutting down. And, uh, they they had to get him, you
1: know, yeah. medical I mean, attention
0: yeah. immediately. Yeah, but
1: yeah, and joint pain. Joint pain is big for me. When I'd get real lean, I'd have severe, and I got tendonitis and many tears and this and the other. And I'm sure wrestling who am I talking to you've you've faced that but when I get real lean too my joint pain goes way yeah. up you'd think it'd be better because you're eating cleaner the inflammation yeah. you're controlling that to an extent yeah. but every time I get lean I feel like I was about on the verge of tearing something you know
0: yeah I don't know where did, where did we see it Frank was it uh, on Warren's Instagram or where was it where you were cutting fucking weight
1: shredding? Yeah. I don't
0: know what year <laughs> this was but <laughs> did I have a
1: mustache? Uh, yes. That exactly. was uh, two years yeah. ago. That's when I fought Stephen Walker. I cut I cut 29 pounds in nine days. That's that so was two years thing. ago. Yeah, it sucked so bad. I was running every day living off energy drinks and water and spoons of almond butter for six days. I run five miles a day. And uh, that's how I cut that weight and then did my water and cut and cut made weight. I got my ass kicked that fight. Yeah. Uh, but I made weight and I looked phenomenal. But I cut from 236 <laughs> to 207 nine days.
0: Yeah. Just do it for a photo <laughs> shoot. Get on your
1: photos out of the way. Looks like Rick Rude yeah. over there for a second. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Rude was shredded.
1: Yeah, it really was.
0: He was shredded at a time when like people weren't right. shredded. Like, that wasn't <laughs> the
1: norm. Um, yeah, Rick
0: was on some fight.
1: Too- yeah, I ain't got but like one ab right now. You know? <laughs> she <laughs> That's cooks stuff she cooks yum yum, blueberry yum yum all the time for me. It's like a pie with cream cheese and stuff in there. Ooh, I eat oh like God. a whole one every other day. It's like I keep getting it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love to eat myself. Uh like I said, I go I go back and forth. My struggle is like, do I wanna Look good, perform well, feel good, enjoy life. I just want to enjoy my fucking yeah. life, right?
1: Like, got to be a balance. There's balance somewhere in there, right? You yeah, somewhere. It's, it's hard, man, because you listen to like Tim Grover books, who was Kobe Bryant's uh, uh, mental coach and his personal trainer. He's like, you know, Kobe didn't skip anything. It was all about his, oh, all about being there at four a.m. And You're like, damn. I need to be more serious about this. And then you get yeah. so serious about it. Next thing you're missing your kid's birthday to go to the gym and yeah. you know, there's gotta be, and you gotta find that, but there's gotta be a balance there it's somewhere. Balance. Yeah.
0: yeah, It's balance. 100%. I, I will never forget. It was, um, the ESPN documentary. It was on Ric Flair, um, you yeah. know, and in our industry, like, there's an argument to be made for the greatest of all time. Uh, whoever, you know, it's subjective. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not here for that debate. But I watched the documentary on Rick. I grew up watching Ric Flair as a kid. Um, and it's just not a happy ending. You know, when, when the business is your.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, hold on, hold on. See if you can see this real quick. I'm going to tell you the ultimate warrior. Oh yeah. yeah! There he is. There he is. Jim Helwig, greatest of all time. Sorry, my right. <laughs> plug. Love. We get that a lot, though. We get that a lot. Ultimate war
0: is everybody's favorite. It was yeah. just the
1: energy as a kid. You know, yeah. seeing him like the the hawking animal. Those guys, just the energy. You know, it was yeah. Just Who was it? Cream. Frank Mojo. Mojo and uh, somebody else, too. Yeah,
0: Mojo's favorite was was the Ultimate Warrior.
1: Funny, yeah.
0: I was an Ultimate Warrior fan when I was a kid. I just haven't gotten into pro wrestling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he was just all, he was like um, uh, an overdose of testosterone, you know, in like a 30-second clip.
1: Yeah, you I mean, can never was, say, and you can never say greatest of all time. But as far as an entertainer and the energy, you know, uh, it was he was there a short time compared to these guys like you're talking about, a Ric Flair. Sure. But just what an incredible like uh, uh, guy he was, like as a kid to see. It's like, oh yeah. man, yeah. I want to be like that guy. You know? Well, that's a, to a kid. To yeah. a kid,
0: that's what pro wrestling is. It's yeah. larger than life. It's a fucking comic book come to life. Like it's yeah. a real life you know comic book and that's why i say too it's just it's very subjective and you know it's right. different for di- for different people um so find your flavor really you know, that's why i get i have such a hard time too with some of the criticism um, of pro wrestling and and like people will you know this guy is is this and this guy sucks and this guy's and it's like jesus christ like it's <laughs> fucking pro wrestling bro. chill it's pro, yeah wrestling um but i digress um <laughs> where were we frank can you get us back on track here
1: i can try well i
0: mean we can go anywhere we want with this Man. what do you think frank
1: let's talk about your love of hunting you're quite uh, the hunter aren't you yes i am that gets me a lot of shit on instagram matter of fact uh People don't care for hunting too much sometimes, but <laughs> actually, it's funny. I lost a shit ton of followers. Glory would pay us when you know I'd post a lot that they wanted to see, and whoever got the most clips, they were trying to grow their brand. Well, then it got where I just post what I wanted to post a bunch of hunting stuff. I think I lost yeah. like seven thousand followers one hunting season. Shit. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people off, man. Yeah. But I, I've done it since I was a child. That's another thing that's so ingrained in me it's primal primal to use it again that's just sure. something that i love to do my kids love it my daughter at six years old already killed her first year with a crossbow my son oh, my goes seat. with me all the time he's uh, awesome. he's six now um and it's just something i did with my mama when i was six years old i had my blanket with toys and i'd go yeah. sit on them and drive my little trucks and my mom would hunt and uh <laughs> get yeah. out of here you, yeah, my out would, mom. Would, yeah my, oh, my dad shit. would be out we did do dog driving which we still do Right. We, which dad is in South Carolina. We turn dogs loose and we surround the place like on dove stools. And when the deer run out, we shoot at them with shotguns, which is very uh-huh. hard to hit these things, but it's just fun because kids aren't super quiet. So as a yeah. kid, you can go and the dogs are running and it's, it's yeah. just, it's magical, you know, and the kid yeah. can play with his trucks and toys. You may still get to see a deer. Whereas you take a kid to a deer stand and he's got trucks driving around on the wood. You may not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's just it's a great thing, and uh, I love every type hunting. Whether it be I go to the Midwest bow hunt, I uh, still hunt in the Southeast. I dog drive, any type hog hunt, any type hunting, I'm down to try it. I just I love every bit of it, yeah, and love the Ah, meat too.
0: Cool, yeah. Um, What's the strangest
1: uh, meat you've eaten? Um. Honestly, and this is going to sound like not too strange, but I had never had bear meat until last year. I'd always wow. been told it was greasy or bad. And my dad had tried it and it wasn't good how it was prepared. At hunting camp, uh, we were out in the Midwest and one of the guys brought a bear, black bear he had killed. I'm, like, I'm not eating that. And uh, he made bear burgers and uh, it was incredible. And uh, really? a lot of people aren't big on bear and uh, they're like, I'd see, you know, just a greasy meat or a bad taste of meat. It was phenomenal, but uh, probably the weirdest thing I've eaten, rattlesnake. Uh, oh, we, we, we we grilled a rattlesnake um, last year at the hunting club that we caught and killed, and uh-huh. it was good. It was like chicken, just like really bony. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, they say that it tastes just like chicken.
1: Yeah, yeah, just like, <laughs> and it really does. It's like a fish chicken. About, <laughs> yeah. Squirrel. Yeah, eating squirrels, I used to put them in a crock <laughs> pot and put cream of mushroom soup on them, done that since I was a kid. It's really tough. Boil those things first if you're going to eat those. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the bear meat, when you look at it, does it look like beef. Or yeah,
1: I mean, it, it, how it was, I saw it processed. So, oh, to okay. the naked eye, it was already ground up and everything. Oh, okay. like okay. ground ground beef, and he had mixed with like okay. a ranch bacon bear burger. It was incredible. It was okay. incredible. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: shit, sounds good. It was good
0: um, song. I've been. <laughs> I've been vegan now since uh It'll be two years in February. I haven't had
1: uh, any need. So w- one of my athletes is a vegan and uh he gives me crap all the time for hunting. And he's like family to me. I, you know, he started training with me and he's a street kid, but he's learning a lot and he's doing a lot of good things in his life, but gotcha. he gives me hell all the time hunting. And I'm like, but when it comes time to cut weight, he struggles so bad because he's like, Warren, what do I eat? And I'm like, Man, it's different to me. I finally got him on some squash and stuff. I'm like, yeah. but you don't want all that glycogen. You don't want all that sugar. No. And he's over here eating a lot of fruit. And I'm like, <laughs> man, for me, I'd be having like egg whites and almond butter. i do not sure what you should eat. You know, yeah. what do you do when you do weight cut? Or uh, well, like the,
0: the fight that I did in Dubai, um, I ate pretty regularly. I just made sure that my calories, um, my my proteins, always I'm always least keeping loose track of it to have a roundabout um, and I know my calories definitely during fight camp I wasn't going over like 23, 2400 mm-hmm. calories um, and then when we went to Dubai I was only cutting 10 pounds okay, so not literally not. the weight cut like we I didn't really change the way that I ate until um, the week of the weight cut and for you guys loaded,
1: Yeah, if you loaded. think about the water load, a gallon of water is seven pounds. So yeah. you do two gallons of distilled water or something like that, cut it off yeah. the next day, control the salts, you're gonna yeah. pee that out. Yeah. yeah,
0: and we so we water loaded and then cut I ended up um, one eighty three. We were trying to get to
1: one eighty five. So oh nice, was, nice. Yeah, it was what was your reason for going vegan? The inflammation, like uh, heart health. What was your main reason? So
0: my wife and my uh, daughter, they watched something on Netflix. Now this is oh when Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, it was
1: the name um, there were
0: there were three of them. Oh, okay. Um, what the hell? Oh shit! I can't remember them. Anyway they were going vegan or at least going to try it. And we weren't living together at the time. At this Mm -hmm. time, my wife and I were um, not in the same home. Um, And I was like, okay, I I was, to be honest, I was trying to put things back together. Right. And um, so I was like, all right, you know, I'll try it. And uh, it really, the first week I was like, wow, this is way more, doable than I ever imagined because I truly never thought I would even want to try it and then um, after like a month of doing it this as gross as it sounds uh, my digestion was totally different like I could feel just my digestion was so much more efficient Mm -hmm. and uh, I wasn't um, you know there's no way of putting this but like other than you know, I was so regular. Like you could set your watch to you know, I would I would have one <laughs> number two in the morning, and it would be plentiful, and <laughs> and, and I was done for the day. And uh, you know, as a a, a male and getting <clears> older, and you think about prostate stuff and all that happy horseshit when you're in your forties. Um, I was like, well. If, if I ignore this, I'm not really being honest with myself about how much better my digestion feels. Mm-hmm. So let me keep doing it a little bit longer. And then that got me to like the six month mark. And at that point, it was like uh, your palate starts to change. So, um,
1: I, right. it was normal.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I, now, like I said, it'll be two years in February. And I really I don't really I don't
1: know I don't like. Know here's me. the thing with me I like meat. I'm not even a person that like would down a vegan or anything like that. But for, for me, like when I, and I, you know, this, uh, anybody that does work out or has gotten big before you grow really off the carbs. When you up the carbs is when you get big or big muscles, you got to have carbs. People are like protein, this protein, that, as long as you had a moderate amount of protein uh, you can still grow muscle. You really can. And I know that's an argument. A lot of guys that eat a lot of meat will argue with you like, Oh, you can't grow muscle without, without protein. And, You've got to have a little protein to repair muscles, but you gotta have way less than people tell you, you know. Yeah. I remember I was eating three fifty grams a day. I went and got my blood work and everything done. They're like, Man, this level's high, that level's high. And they're like, How much protein <clears throat> you eat today? And I told them they're like, You're eating way too much protein. Yeah. I dropped those down, the creatinine and my kidney functions, everything cleared out yeah. So I know as a, you know, that's kind of a, a myth to a, an extent. A lot of guys that lift think you I need think, I think, think so. too. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of it comes from back in the like day and back in like my childhood. Uh, bodybuilding protocol is what got pushed out into society as the way to
1: or help. Yes,
0: yeah. and it wasn't really healthy. And these guys were on all sorts of gear, therefore they needed. Th- 3,500 calories, you know, because they were working out twice a day and they were repairing muscle, but they were also repairing muscle because they were on DECA and and
1: D-Ball, you know,
0: whatever else. So I think that that enough of that got into the regular bro science advice world to where it just kind of skewed everything. And now – multiply that over however many years and you do have people going, okay, well, yeah, you need a a pound, a gram of protein per pound of body weight. But then you hear a lot of people say like, no, it's probably half of that. Half of
1: 0.75. Right.
0: Yeah. So,
1: and here's my thing. I don't, I don't know. Same. I, exact same. I I'm not over here advocating that I'm quitting eating meat. I just have – I'm smart enough now, as I age, to have an open mind. I'm asking you questions. Yeah. Where was your thought process doing it? Hey, maybe I learned something. Maybe I don't, but I at least know how you – you know, in your aspect, what you, what you thought about it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know all the answers. We You know, none of us do. We ain't, None of us getting out of this uh, game alive, you know? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Father Todd is undefeated. That's right. He is undefeated.
0: It's just kind of become like the lifestyle within my house, and it's it's easier for us all to be vegan. Hey, that's um, we all
1: do together, and it benefits you. Why well, not?
0: We we just had fish for the first time, so I guess we're now kind
1: of pescatarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And we, it was good fish. I don't even really like seafood. But
1: from it, what I, I read, the longest living people in the world, I think they're pescatarian. They were like in somewhere near the. Japanese Japanese islands, uh, uh, somewhere over there, and okay. that they <laughs> fish, fish, nuts, berries, some rice, and walk a lot. Yeah, live very nuts,
0: you say. Frank? You <laughs> like nuts? Like nuts? <laughs>
1: <They're> like nuts.
0: <laughs>
1: I think that's a different kind of nut, but whatever. <laughs> oh,
0: Dennis, you had to go there.
1: <laughs> Zing. See, we're get thrown off.
0: You can't say
1: that kind of stuff nowadays. Yeah. You're gonna get canceled.
0: Yeah, no, really. you're canceled.
1: Dennis.
2: Nobody even knows who I am. We're fine. <laughs> uh,
0: so, um, Warren BKFC, potentially another fight. Um,
1: potentially, and potentially. here's the thing: uh, BKFC, uh, David Feldman, uh, Nate Shook, all respect to you guys. You've seen. I mean, me fight, I think I bring something dynamic to that league as far as a heavyweight goes. I think, so. um, I, think I bring a little bit of the boxing audience over there. They, I, I got nothing but good uh, praise from guys who know boxing. He said, man, for a big guy, you were moving so well in there. Uh, Lorenzo Hunt, their champion, even said that to me. Um, I just uh, I hope they respect that enough to give me a fair wage and we can work something out. Um, that's how, I enjoyed that's I... the
0: fight that I, I. I enjoyed the fight that I watched. Um, I, I thought your your opponent had a little bit more of a brawling style. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely uh, were working behind your jab, and you were quite a bit more technical. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just enjoyable uh, to watch. It was good. to that. it. There was no uh, you know no lag, no like lumber. All business. Big All dudes. business. Yeah. yeah. And there were a couple times where, like, you could tell, like, okay, shit, Warren's on the gas pedal here.
1: Yeah. Um, There's a time or two in the fight where I'm like, man. So I got in trouble once with Glory. I was winning the whole fight against Robert Thomas out of uh, Canada. He trained with Joseph Badalini. And uh, this was a qualifier to put us in the top five with Izzy and, at the time, Dustin Jacoby and them to get a title shot, or tournament. And – uh he beat lamare I beat lamare so we fought. And I'm winning the whole fight. There's 28 seconds left, and he tagged me a little bit. And I'm like, oh, man, you got me a little bit. I'm going to come get him. He knocked me out. 28 oh, seconds oh. left, and it destroyed my career. And that's why I retired after that for a short time. I was having muscle twitching, bad concussions, all kinds of things. Damn. So in that BKFC fight, David Feldman's over there, and he's like, let's go, let's go. And I hurt uh, Art in the fourth round badly. It took me a while to find the spot. I found it. I busted his eardrum, and there's blood shooting out his ear. He would not fall down. And I said, this guy, is he's too crazy. I'm not going to finish him, right? I said, I'm up four rounds to none. The fifth round, I'm dancing, showing my footwork. They got a little upset at that, but I'm not a dumb fighter. I said, why would I risk being in here with a brawler? I'm up four to nothing. I'm using my skill anyways. It's not like I'm running from him. I'm strategically setting strikes and using my footwork. I'm not backing off that. And I think to an extent, the, the product they're bringing, the crowd they bring it to, aren't necessarily like you guys who watch watched fighting or know some fighting. They're the general public who just watch two rednecks brawl. They don't yeah. care if it's skilled. They just want to see somebody go down.
0: There's nothing fun about watching that for me. And I, and no, I, don't, I don't know, maybe it's just the way that maybe, maybe I'm not the target audience and I'm, a, I'm willing to accept that as the answer too. But like, no. I, I don't want to just watch two guys throw haymakers until somebody falls down. Do I like a good emotional exchange? Sure. 100%. Uh, but I, I want to see that there's still some um, technique Strategy. involved. Yeah. And in, in my I mean, mind, I can go to a bar on a, a Friday and watch two fucking drunk assholes right. fall into each other.
1: And in my mind, there's room for everybody there. The only problem is Alan, Alan Belcher, maybe, and me at yeah. the heavyweight division, Mick Terrell, those are guys that have some experience striking is, that aren't. fight
0: in the UFC? He did,
1: 85. He fought at 85. <laughs> okay, he's, fighting okay. he's fighting
0: heavyweight. Mm-hmm. He
1: but he's moving well. He moves well. He has some good Muay Thai experience. He's probably the most similar to me okay. there. As What's far as, he
0: weigh when he's fighting?
1: I believe he's 25 to 30. Okay. Um, okay. But he's done well. Um, but here's the thing. You open up that Pandora's box to start putting more skilled guys there maybe that now you're having skilled boxing in there and it's not what their product that they're wanting to push because for some reason they have sold that to the mainstream media and they're being pretty successful with it. So I understand, hey, we don't want to put too many of those guys like that here in that takeover because there ain't no way that many of these guys on a skill level-wise, of course if they catch me maybe, are beating me in a boxing match when it's technical. Right. they're just not. I was back there warming up with them, and I was just watching. Them. Like, man, these guys are—they hit hard, but they're not good right. the fight. They're not technical fighters. You right, know? but barely anything can happen.
0: That's interesting because uh, two two things, mm-hmm. two two guys I want to bring up. One, uh, fights out of my gym here in Orlando, where I train, um, and where I trained for the fight in Dubai. Um, his name is Jack Gallagher. He wrestled. He was a pro wrestler oh, too. I he followed on the same card I did. He I, did I, in I, Orlando. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I met him. Yeah, and and Jack is very very technical, mm-hmm. uh, very very classic, old uh,
0: classically trained uh, boxer. Um, hell of a fucking grappler too. And he is. I think he was. I think he is or has had in the last uh, month or so uh, an MMA fight over in the UK which nice. would have been his first one. Uh, but he's a handful everywhere. Jack. I mean, he fought
1: Rick Caruso, one from Rick Caruso, who's a game guy, you know, a mm-hmm. tough guy. Yeah, Jack did a, had a good fight, that fight. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Jack, uh, very technical. And then the other one I, I would bring up is, uh, like, Chad Mendez. Mm-hmm. He's a technical fucking striker as well. Like, I mm-hmm. don't – he – in, in uh, the UFC, you know, Chad wasn't a – Brawler per se. He was a wrestler who could fucking throw hands.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And here's the thing that made him so effective is that being that wrestling base and then had those hands, he controls where the fight goes. You want to he wants to stay standing, you're staying standing. He wants you down, you're going down. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting the way that
0: that the progression of of MMA has has gone over the years, and how um, you know, at one time you did have guys that had their, uh, you know, their background, and they would lean mostly on that, but they would dabble in the other stuff where now in, you know, even even 10 years it's uh, progressed to the point where, like, you got to pretty much check all the boxes. Oh, know, yeah. You really have don't specialists agree. anymore.
1: Unless you're just so elite at whatever yes. your specialty is that it's just, you know, they can't touch you, the other stuff. But for the most part, I 100% agree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see how how quickly it's evolved from that to this. Yeah, um, really have. But yeah, it's, uh it's cool. But I don't how how many fights has I don't know how many fights like Chad Mendes has had in, in BKFC. I do see on his Instagram he pops up. I'm sure they just follow my algorithm or whatever, but like yeah. he pops up on my um, Instagram a few every. every
1: yeah, I don't know. I didn't sign him long training. ago. I, didn't, I don't think. Yeah, not too long yeah. ago. And they, the other little guy. Oh man, and uh, I'm drawing blank on it. Bald guy. Uh, he was fighting the UFC too. He John Dalton or what's his? I, I'm just drawing a blank. Uh, smaller fighter, 135 or 145. I want to think. He won in BKFC very fast. Came over from the UFC. Smaller okay. fighter, uh, and I can't think of his name. Light skinned guy, right. bald. I think bald or short hair. But fast win for him, too. A couple of the guys have done real well. Um, We'll see how Greg Hardy does, too. I I threw my hat in the ring for that one. He's a monster. Yeah, Yeah. he is a big human
0: being.
1: Big human being.
0: I know there's uh, (laughs) quite a few people want to take a shot of him.
1: Yeah, I'd be on my bike with that one for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say Chad Mendez, also a uh, big hunter himself.
1: Yes, yes, that's
0: yeah, uh, yeah,
1: follow him. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think he's um, dabbling in like a, a hunting, a hunting show, maybe he's got uh, have you ever, ever thought about that?
1: What so I have. So, Some when my of... daughter was a baby, remember, I said at six weeks, I was like, yeah. a hand. So that hunting season came along the next year, and she's eight months. Here we go out hunting. I got a little backpack, and I put her in there. You know, she sat in it. She's <laughs> on my back. And, uh, I'd use my crossbow or I had a really quiet rifle, seven six two, and I'd shoot deer. And she just sat there looking around, nothing bothers. Nice. She nice. five deer that year with that <laughs> baby on my back, and had a fanny pack. I put diapers and milk in, and I'd stop every hour. I'd clean her up and make sure she had food. She was happy as a clam. A Couple hours, we'd hike around. Yep, that was my cardio nice. back then. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, if I had a show, man, everybody was like, you should start a TV show. That would have been pretty cool. But yeah, you know, I get that a lot. I mean, I'm not the most technologically savvy person. Yeah. So I'd have to have somebody help me with it, obviously. Yeah. I would need assistance as well. Yeah. I would need
0: assistance as well. Well, I mean, maybe, you uh, maybe get that backpack out on your next yeah. trip and I'll get in there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You said you weigh about 200 pounds, man. I got a bad back. Well, you know, I can water load and cut some of that.
0: I won't shit my pants. Yeah. Well, I'll try not to. I can't. No promises. No 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 promises. Getting too old for that
1: kind of crap. Yeah. will not shit.
0: Yeah. Well, getting old enough to the point where that'll be coming back into my
1: life. Back at it. (laughs) Uh,
0: All right, gentlemen. Where Been a
1: good we? time, boys. Where
0: are we, boys?
1: Take us home.
0: Taking it home. Uh-huh. One question,
1: is the Dukes of Hazard themed pickup truck still around? Yes, that's my brother-in-law's truck at the hunting club, the 01 yes and it has the horn nice. and everything oh so awesome. my god it's awesome. Oh, awesome yeah that's awesome. we were i'll have to take a picture of it next week when i'm there it is it <laughs> is still is around terrible. we we, te- we put the dogs in the back and we drive it hunting and blow the the dukes of hazard horn and let them out let them oh, after the deer awesome. <laughs> uh, so my brother and
0: i uh growing up we were in the same bedroom we were less than two years apart we had beds uh that were you know like a, a maybe three, four feet away from each other and we would watch Dukes of Hazard, and then we would jump from bed to bed like they were moving cars. <laughs> <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. He
1: was... Uh, that was the show back then. He man. was Bo and I was
0: I was Luke. He had a yeah. yellow pajama shirt
1: and I had a blue <laughs> Yeah, that's probably too much of it. hey man if it brings back a childhood memory is a good story yes sir that's life experiences man yes sir yes
0: sir that was the days well uh warren i'm gonna have to hit you up at some point
1: even though i'm vegan um i gotta go hunting dude you gotta go hunting we can a lot of needy people need that meat yeah and uh if not i'd take it and my kids eat it so it would not go to waste we'd love to have all right well
0: Will, uh, I will put that on my to-do list, sir.
1: Anytime. And in training, come up here to Atlanta. You know, you got a place to train anytime you come up.
0: Oh, man, I will take you up on that. Um, I don't know what the future holds for me fight-wise. Um, where I have a second fight with uh, Global Titans. It's supposed to be in February or March. We will see if that happens. Uh, it was supposed to be kickboxing. It seems now like they're pushing more for boxing, um, but we will see. Uh, or I got to ask, what would your if you could have any style of fight? What what would you prefer? Uh,
1: I like Muay Thai, but okay. I don't like a, a probably probably Muay Thai is my strength. You know, okay. uh, I don't care to clinch a long time. So it's yeah. like a modified Muay Thai, a three- to five-second clinch would be my okay. preference. But then we're, we're splitting hairs, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true because the clinch is like – so Angela Hill, I don't remember who she fought, but she just fought on uh, one of this, uh last UFC cards. And her clinch, the girl that she fought, had no answer for it. Yeah. Um, and they went the, the full three rounds, but Angela Hill just – dominated with her clinch and you could just see that the girl had no answer for no it. answer
1: it was, for it yeah yeah um uh, i don't know i, I, I don't like know. but i do like the strategy and the um uh, i like being able to clinch to either get me out of trouble or rest for three seconds reset spacing stuff like that it can be very useful if you use it the right way i just don't like getting stuck in it for a, like a good way to get out for you young guys too if you want to get – I'm get them grabbing you. Drape your hands over the ropes. Both of them. Pull them to you. They will break
0: them.
2: them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There He's you, them
1: you go. Yeah. There
0: <laughs> you go. I, you know, that was one of the things that kept happening uh, in the fight uh, that I had in Dubai. Uh, my opponent was a traditional boxer. And so when we would get tied up, um, he was waiting for the referee to break mm-hmm. us. Um, so it was like tie up and wait to the ref. And my natural, like, muscle memory was to clinch and twist him or or to turn him Mm -hmm. or or to trip him. Um, And I ended up getting warned uh, towards the end of the first round and the the ref was like, I'm going to throw you out of
1: here. Do you remember uh, remember Ricky Hatton would clinch on this side and punch with the other side, the side the ref couldn't see?
0: I remember (laughs) Ricky Hatton. I don't remember that specifically, but (laughs) –
1: yeah, there's some strategy you can use with that, with bo- clinching in boxing a little bit, or overhook this arm and hit the other oh, wow. arm. Um, I don't know technically how legal all those are, you know, but right. it's useful if you're doing the opposite side of the ref, he's not seeing it. But there you go. <laughs> hey, if you're
0: not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah, like, that yeah. Was a, I think I right. saw a line from the governor, Jesse <laughs> mature right there.
1: Or maybe that was no, that was
0: different. hell. I
1: thought what it was, was Dale Earnhardt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, maybe. Uh <laughs> little, yeah, uh, all the greats, yeah. all the greats. All right, well, Warren, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Absolutely, I am going to take you up on uh, on that hunting trip. I'll yeah, be man. on your back. Um, <laughs> and uh, when uh, when you get a, a fight uh, penciled in, and you know uh, when it's happening, please come on again, and we'll uh, we'll get the word out there. So. People can tune in and watch you do your thing.
1: Appreciate you guys. It's just been a blessing being on here. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks to no. all the listeners too. Anytime I can get, you know, talk fighting, talk shop, I love it.
0: Hell yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. Well, you're a badass dude. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun, man. Pleasure meeting you.
1: Pleasure meeting you, man. Uh, we'll do this again. Enjoy. Thank all you. All right.
0: Frank, Dennis.
1: All right. Later, uh, boys. We, gotta, like? we gotta we gotta
0: we gotta formally do it, I guess. Say goodnight, buddy. Yeah, you got to. Come on, Frank. You have something that's stuck,
1: right? You got anything, <laughs> Frank? What?
0: We'll just go right to mine, Frank. If you're What do you say? I don't know. You say time to go
1: home, like, Baba. I
0: can't, I can't, I can't remember. No. What it was. All
1: right. You stared Warren word.
0: Oh, fuck yeah, fuck, it. Frank. <laughs> All right. So We've got on. some big things night, coming Bobby. up. Oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait! You, oh, you, miss, you missed your cue, Frank. Wait, 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 wait! Like we didn't want him on here. You just look so much like your son. That was your son. Holy shit! Well, go figure. We've got some big things coming up,
1: don't we, fellas? We do. Oh, also, by the way, for those of you that listen every week when we put them out, we're off next week for the Christmas holiday. Yes, Frank Will is we?
0: having a sex change for the Christmas well, holiday. Well, Merry Christmas, Frank. It's the <laughs> gift Actually, that keeps keep on giving. canceled, too. You're going to have to <laughs>
2: edit that out. <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, The gift yeah, that so. keeps on giving. Yep, we're back on the 27th with another one. Some shit coming down the pipe in January. Look out. Look out. This was a good one. Fuck, man. Warren was a good guest. But for the record, you're not fighting anybody else. You're not fighting some jabroni out in uh, Peekskill, New York. No. Fucking hillbilly fucking asshole, I think his name is. That's his full name. I don't know where any of that came from. Um, And no, I'm not fighting this guy. No no, 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 Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't even be... Okay, so there is no weight class that we could fight in. And I would have no problem fighting him at whatever his fattest is. <laughs> <laughs> be, but, I mean, what are we going to do? Well, like, literally, what are we going to do? I'm just going to tee off on your face with my feet, my hands, till you die? I mean, there, there is no fight. There's no fight. I'm not fighting this game. It's a joke. It's just somebody trying to get the old proverbial rub. Unless somebody wants to throw six figures my way. No, that's how money talks. Sure. There you go. Yeah, there is no fight with this fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no. okay. All right, Frank. Asshole, I mean... Frank, what else you got? Nothing. All right. Just happy to be here.
1: <laughs> there meow meow
0: go. Go. meow. Now we get it. Meow meow meow. Shit you. All right. <laughs> take two on. Take two on this one. Say goodnight, <laughs> good night, Bobby. Good night, Bobby.